There was an idea that two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Bingestorm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime, but we'll do what we can. So anywho, welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. And we are almost done. Uh, Legion is done, but we're almost done covering it. Finally, we're covering season two, episode ten, which is chapter eighteen tonight. And uh, Pat Dumore here is uh, with us once again, and Christopher Tyler. So, hi guys. Howdy. Hey, hey. hey. And uh, Pat has graciously accepted the the daunting task of taking the uh, <laughs> the recap from me this week because we thought we were going to put the last two together, um, and we kind of decided not to. Maybe unless I make a you know audible on the field tonight, depending on what time we get done with the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he's going to take us. It is, as as most of mine are. So so hopefully you have a new appreciation of what I do on this show. Um, (laughs) But uh, hopefully also a lot better than the uh, the last two that we reviewed that we all weren't very huge fans of. Uh, But they definitely picked it up and and gave us good stuff for the last two episodes. So I'll let you jump into it, Mr. Delmore, and uh, tell us about the weirdness. Legion, Season 2, Episode 10, Chapter 18. Amazon summarizes this episode as Ruination, Reunion, and Rage. Lightning crashes over the desert. We pan over mushroom-headed figures running in the dark. Lenny lies on the floor of a tent in a slinky dress. She grins at the camera. Pan up to the comics-accurate Bill Sienkiewicz, David Haller. He holds a crystal ball, right hand. He gazes into it. Future Sid is inside. Sid tells Clark that she is going after David, that David knows what is real and what isn't. Or or she doesn't think David knows what is real and what isn't. Sid believes love will save the world, but she doesn't think that's what David is doing. Scenes of Sid watching David sleeping and stroking him. Sid exits the tent she and David share to look at the hole in the desert with the pink plug next to it. A white rabbit on a hook is thrown out of the hole. Sid unhooks the rabbit to let to let go uh, to let it go. The hook snares Sid and pulls her down the hole. Do you think they're referencing a particular work of literature here? Or? No, <laughs> no Lewis Carroll that I'm aware. Of. Well, that was cool. You just sounded like Vermilion, Pat. That was a little, yeah, he did. Little glitch. <laughs> Vermilion in the house tonight. I'm sorry, man. Continue. <laughs> David exits the tent calling Sid's name. He is more thrown by the rabbit than by the giant pink plug next to the hole. He shouts Sid's name down the hole, opening credits. Sid falling. Sid lays on the ground screaming. She removes the hook from her hand. Melanie is at the bottom of the hole and begins to talk about how much men are useless. Sid tells her she knows Melanie is doing this because Oliver left, and she, Sid, is sick of talking about it. The hole is full of tabletop displays, and Melanie shows Sid scenes of Sid and David together. 
Melanie tells Sid that David loves Sid like a dog loves a bone or a boy loves his mommy. But what David really loves is power. Sid isn't buying this, and she says she's in hell. Melanie tells her that David has a curse. Someone put a monster in his head, Sid says. Melanie says the monster was a gift, and the curse was that David is insane. She, Melanie, shows the attack on Division 3 from the first season and tells Sid that you can be made to do something you don't like but not to enjoy it. Sid isn't buying what Melanie is saying. David fights his way through a sandstorm and finds the empty rickshaw. He sees the monastery and finds Oliver singing Swinging on a Star, holding a martini glass. After some knockdown drag out, David tells Oliver to tell him where Sid is, and he'll kill Oliver quick. First, Oliver says not to hurt the vessel, then says he's part of David and becomes David after David slaps him. David tells him to stop and then reaches into Oliver's mind. David has Oliver in chains in a torture chair. He tells Oliver that love won't save them. They have to save love. All the damage is David all the damage is David's armor. He begins to drill into Oliver's legs with an electric drill. They jump from a dark space to a busy street to a desert at night. Melanie and Sid watch. David demands Oliver tell him where Sid is as he grins. Melanie tells Sid to look at David's true face and tell her who is the monster. Sid tries to insist it's Farouk, but Melanie says it doesn't matter. Sid's right hand looks really bad. We see Lenny appear in the car again. She takes the box from the trunk and sits with a group in a circle around the plug hole. The group wear vaults on their heads and sit in lotus position. Lenny whistles happy birthday, discovers... There is, oh, there's a rifle too big for the box in the box and asks if any of the circle know the way to the monastery. They all point in the same direction when he says, cool, and walks off whistling happy birthday. Melanie continues to show Sid the torture of Oliver. The formerly blue tabletop display is now red. Sid is physically ill. Sid walks away and questions how Melanie can keep watching. Melanie says it's not really Oliver, and her name Legion is dropped for the first time in the show's two seasons. Melanie calls David Legion the world killer. We see David, stark future. Sid Sid kisses Farouk and future Sid talking about, or Sid kisses David, I guess. And then, ah, sorry, my notes are all scribbly. (laughs) Sid talking about the hero becoming the villain and the villain becoming the, the hero. More scenes from the Happy Jack montage. David is animated, David in animated form, standing over a burning city. Melanie reminds Sid, David killed himself because he saw what he would become. The same man who agreed there would be no secrets from Sid is shown kissing Lenny and torturing Oliver. This Melanie tells Sid is how Melanie knows David becomes a monster. The Carries and their tactical team find the car Lenny arrived in. Carry with a K gives the German Shepherd Lenny's. I don't know what I wrote there. <laughs> Lenny's <laughs> some of Lenny's clothes, I guess. The dog finds the vaults that the people in the circle were wearing and sniffs at them. Carry with a K leads the group to the plug hole. Suddenly, the people from the circle crawl out of the hole, and they have. 
what I, they're bolos, bolos, but I call yeah, I call them wolf scares because they're making a noise that's supposed to right. scare uh, dogs. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I th- I thought they were maybe bull roars at first, um, like the Aborigines use, but they're bolos too, so they were pretty neat though. Yeah, yeah. Freak out the dog, cause the tactical team to puke in their masks, and carry with a C collapses. Carrie with a K is only slightly bothered and t- takes them all with just the staff until a horde of them continues to crawl out of the plug hole. Pull back to Oliver's bloody eye. David asks where Sid is for the last time. Oliver falls from the chair and tells David she's with Farouk. David asks if Farouk is in his body. Oliver says he's sorry, but he made me. Melanie slash Farouk is now brushing Sid's hair. Sid tries to argue for David. But Melanie tells her that mind readers see what you want and give it to you. Men who hit women, serial killers, pathological liars don't change. The Minotaur approaches, and Melanie caresses it and says it's time in Farouk's language. She and the Minotaur leave Sid on the floor amid the blue tables. David sits too, looking exhausted. Clark, Vermillion, and the tactical team unload a tuning fork from a truck. Clark says to take it to the highest point facing east. Melanie and the Minotaur stand by Farouk's coffin. Melanie tells the Minotaur to go now and kill the weak. She touches the Minotaur, who is once sickly. He becomes strong and exits. Melanie opens Farouk's coffin and kisses Farouk and collapses. Farouk rises, and so does the sun. Mm-hmm. Carrie with a K is still fighting the guys in the green pajamas. There are two left, and they are shot by Lenny with the rifle from the box. This gives time for Carrie with a C to be pulled down the hole via Bolo. Carrie with a K does some awesome jumping to get to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Assassin's Creed's got nothing on this woman. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, I was going even further back. I was thinking wall jumping from uh, Super Metroid, but that's <laughs> what I got out of it. Old school. Yeah. Old school. Lenny has to wait up top for the big payback. Carrie with a C is being dragged along the bottom of the hole. The Minotaur is on the ceiling and eats the guy dragging Carrie. Carrie runs into Vermilion and warns them, but they're eaten as well. Carrie finds Oliver and David. David tells Carrie Oliver isn't dead. He tortured him. Carrie tells David about Lenny and the gun, but also Clark and the device. David tells Carrie that the device is called a choke. It's a dampener, and when that bell is rung, they're all just men. He, David, is thinking of killing his parasite and how good it will feel. This scares him. Carrie had hoped he'd feel for Oliver, or that Oliver was tortured because Farouk was in him. David says Farouk may be in his own body. Carrie with a K finds two Vermilion robots ripped apart, and she finds Sid. Carrie is pleased about this and says... Something. Hey Sid, glad you're okay (laughs) Oh, I missed, okay, the Minotaur shows up And Carrie is pleased about this And says this one is for her Sid says They need to stop David and not Farouk He, David, is the monster now The Minotaur enters Carrie says she's got it But Sid wants to hit something The fight goes very badly for Sid Who is quickly overpowered and held down by the Minotaur 
Clark, the tactical team, and Vermillion are setting up the choke when Farouk approaches. Clark greets Farouk as a friend. It's night out. Farouk spreads his arms, and everyone but Farouk and Vermillion drop to the ground. You brought the choke, clever boy, Farouk says before hurling it away. Farouk makes the sunrise, and we hear David reciting the angriest boy in the world. Cut to a close-up of David. Boo. Episode ends. All right, we got to that done quickly. I think we'll do the next one, too, tonight as well. But, uh, yeah, a couple points. Just um, I had to go into my bunk after the Amber Mid-Thunder uh, fight because she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, she is. <laughs> I just want a whole show of just her beating up shit with staff. Uh, and that's, that's all I noticed from the whole episode. No. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, man. Ooh, this is did did not see it going this way. Even though they kind of led led the whole season this way, I, I didn't know David David going quote unquote bad or succumbing to his more baser instincts was. It's certainly hinted at, but with this show, how can you take anything at face value? So I'm still not sure he is because I mean I think. Melanie was basically Farouk when she's putting all this shit in Sid's head. So this could all still be Farouk just feeding the delusion and making his friends think he's evil, even though he has done some evil shit. Uh, more evil shit we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I was I was still thinking that it's Farouk ultimately pulling the strings and making people think the hero is the villain. Uh, I don't know. I mean, with the future Sid involved too it's it's tough to but do we even know tough. if future Sid is really real or you know and not him doing some shenanigans although there is a 98% chance that the future Carrie <laughs> created the orb which we'll learn next but um, oh anyone else get just a brief thought that maybe the Minotaur is actually Xavier <laughs> in a uh, way that the fruit captured somewhere along the way and has made him his little monster huh. minion. Uh, uh, well, he's in a wheelchair. I never really thought of that, though. I mean, huh. I don't know. You know, I don't know if they'll ever acknowledge that if that's the case, but uh, the wheelchair can't be accidental here. I mean, come on. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Maybe we'll see it in yeah, season I three. Thought, I hadn't thought of it before, but it makes as much sense as anything else on the show. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it makes as much sense as a giant pink plug in the middle of the fucking desert, so... Um, <laughs> and monks with boxes on their heads. Um, yeah, after the last two kind of lukewarm episodes, this one, it's just seeing... Uh, who else thinks that maybe the first scene in this was probably going to originally be the last scene in, in the series? Maybe when they thought, you know, that maybe yeah. they were coming back or at least the the uh, season. Because, I mean, it's just David literally on a throne of bones, basically, <laughs> you know, surrounded by spinal columns and such. And uh, I don't know. I, it, it, you def I could definitely feel the weight of them trying to squeeze an extra couple episodes out of this season, though. Yeah, they, they, it was almost a mistake to accept the new one, because there was definitely some editing shuffling going around between, like, the last three or four episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I'm, I, I'd almost bet that the first scene here was supposed to kind of be the last scene of the season. Hopefully someone will ask Noah that eventually. 
Um, that's about we'll all. Probably I... good. Go, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Probably a nice uh, producer's cut on whatever the home release is. Say that one more time without put it out there. Like, yeah, you know, we had to do this way for TV. Money on this box set. Say that whole sentence again without your vermilion for about the first ten words there. When they release this on uh, home media, I imagine that there will be a producer's cut of the season where they'll have something to explain that. Yeah, we had to do it this way for TV, but here's how it was really supposed to look. Yeah, yeah. And I'll uh, fix those episodes. It's a really weird request, I would think, in the annals of television, getting ordered one more episode like that. Yeah, just one is odd. Yeah. I, I I know in the first season of 24, they originally only got the 12, and then the show was a hit, so they said, all right, do the other 12 hours, you know, so... It had to be related like, to them getting a third season, even though it was announced, like, way before them getting a third season was, but it had to be related, I think. I don't know. Or they just thought they could suck another, you know, round of advertising dollars or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, Because it did feel a little overstuffed. I think they probably should have stuck to their original, like, eight, eight episodes. <laughs> Because the first season was just so tight storytelling wise, and this we get a lot of like like the first the beginning of this episode bored me a little bit because it started becoming a clip show, you know. So. Yeah, to to a degree, but yeah. I mean, when you're approaching your end game, then you do kind of have to remind people of yeah. what's going on. Doesn't well, you get to see you get to see Sid do some real good face acting though. Oh yeah, yeah, and the next one too. Yeah. Um, and then there's just this all kind of take is taking a weird turn. You started seeing it in this one, but it really ramps up obviously in the finale, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, kind of an unsettling turn, and that's mm. why I'm still thinking that it's still Farouk making people think that David, you know, that he's maybe still in control because I don't know. How well, the only. I mean, the only thing I would say about that is then why would they have gone to the lengths of showing us Farouk bending time and space to be able to speak with future Sid? Yeah. But he could even have been, you know, he could have bent time and space to before even future Sid maybe contacted David and I don't know, you know, timey-wimey. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to give me the answers. I've, I've stopped trying to figure it out on my own because it hurts. <laughs> my brain hurts. Um, but uh, yeah, um, good, good new penultimate uh, episode. We said uh, last week, uh, number eight. I think this was actually episode ten. Pat, I think you called it episode nine, but uh, yeah, it's episode ten. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I I think my notes say 10 let's see yeah it says 10 Okay. so I read what my notes said you probably did I guess we'll we'll find out in the editing booth Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) um, and if you got it wrong I'll just like clip it out what's it I said if I'm wrong I will eat some crow and crack up hope Molinex. 
you go. <laughs> right. You didn't, you didn't hear that, Jag Eyes and Jedi Eyes, where she never heard the expression eating crow. No? Oh, my God. Young Chris. Chris said something about eating crow, and, like, she could not stop laughing and <laughs> thought he made expression. No, that's an oldie but a goodie. It is. I don't even know if it's a goodie. I mean, really, I don't know the origins of that one particularly, but... Uh, <laughs> Eating crows isn't really a big thing in our society anymore. I don't know if it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can Google uh, that particular cliche and, and do some research and email us at cheapscottproductions at gmail.com if you'd like. Segway. Actually, I should check our email because we she had it out a couple Ooh. times. So I'm sure there's one waiting here for us for, <laughs> from our uh, loyal fans. And there's not. Okay, so. Thank God uh, Gmail doesn't uh, charge you rent on empty email accounts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of it. Aaron Henley doesn't listen. He can't write us an email. Oh, a bunch of people do. I know do. We'll, we'll shame David Pascarella and do it again eventually. <laughs> uh, probably right after this episode, actually, now that I've said that. Uh, he's been a busy boy lately, too, and he hasn't been able to listen as much. Uh, anything more on this, or should we plow right through to the end? Let's do it. All right. Um, so Legion Season 2, Episode 11, uh, Chapter 19. And uh, <laughs> we we will. I found the entire clip of the uh, the boss battle, so that will be in this podcast Sweet. somewhere. All right, all right. Um, although it doesn't have subtitles. But we open right where we left off, essentially, with the big boss battle, which is presented to us as... Uh, David and Farouk floating toward each other, trading verses on the who's behind blue eyes. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man behind blue eyes. No one knows what it's like to be hated, to be fated, to telling Added bonus is Farouk is singing his parts in Farsi with subtitles, which I just thought was fucking spectacular. Um, yeah. You know, something that you just wouldn't expect to see in any mainstream TV show ever, really. Psy War is on, and uh, they battle his various avatars in the animation as their bodies uh, still sing away.
wanted to bullet point some of the battle pairings, so I went through like fucking frame by frame for this uh, for you people on this one, just to make sure we got all of them. Uh, we get to see animated because they're glorious. So here goes. We start with uh, men with swords, then samurai with swords, then rhino versus bear, uh, bird of prey versus bird of prey. The actual birds, not starships. Just to clarify for the Star Trek nerds, Patrick might bring to our listenership here. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm a trucker. Love you guys. Um, giant shark versus helicopter. Yeah. Uh, then we get a medieval fantasy warrior smashing the helicopter, um, which turns into a giant cyclops. You see what you did there, Legion. Um, <laughs> where the warrior grows wings and flies off briefly, but then turns into a T-Rex that eats animated Farouk, but he turns into a giant snake and constricts the T-Rex. And the T-Rex turns into a giant squid, then we see basically Cthulhu trying to yeah, eat cartoon Farouk, who suddenly turns into Sid, distracting David. And then uh, Farouk, kind of as the yellow-eyed demon guy, bursts out of Sid to attack um, stunning cartoon David, and then he turns into a giant spider centaur thingy and webs the shit out of David, uh, Shilob style. Um... And starts to bite him. David is on the ropes, or webs, if you will. Uh, but hold the phone. Uh, Lenny is to the rescue with the sniper rifle hitting the choke. Tuning fork and disrupting their powers. Long enough for David to get uh, the upper hand and grab a right big rock to smash Farouk with and to finish the final verses of the song. Lenny takes a well-deserved hit of something smoky after her save. Um, and as David lifts the rock, we get our title card and are informed that it's chapter 10, three years later. Hmm. And we're suddenly talking to Oliver and Melanie in kind of a bad Super 8 film documentary. <laughs> Uh, happy and chilling in their ice cube, made for two, and they seem a bit confused about how long they've been there. Melanie thinks they've been there something like soup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Oliver thinks they've been there longer than soup. Um, so it's a little exposition time. The world ended. Well, it's still out there with everyone toiling away. And Oliver says they were losing too much hair, but Melanie corrects him and says it's time. We're losing time, not hair. Mm -hmm. So apparently their bodies are both now preserved somewhere like Oliver's diving suit. And he gives us some beat poetry, and we get a montage of the happy cube couple. And they say they miss their co-workers like Glasses McLab Coat, and the, <laughs> the, and the girl would kick everyone. <laughs> and, and said that something sad happened to Sid after David's turn. And they both remember uh, helping Farouk suddenly, and they surmise that David turned because Sid showed him his future. So, 
getting into all kinds of neat little timey-wimey paradoxes if you guys want to discuss that, but I don't know if I have enough Tylenol here. No. Meanwhile, three years ago in the desert, a crazy-eyed David is beating Farouk brutally, uh, and Sid shows up with the head of the Minotaur, <laughs> looking a little worse for wear. Uh, she says they need to talk, and she also has a gun pointed at him. So, long story short, Sid has figured out that David isn't the good guy with the help of Farouk Melanie, so keep that in mind, kids. David tries to plead his case, but Sid compares him to the son of Sam. Uh, You're not really winning this argument at all, David. Yeah. He's like, it wasn't me. She's like, dog told son of Sam to kill people, but he's the one that fired the bullets. (laughs) So, she points a gun at him in earnest, and he pleads that uh, he was just doing what future her said to do. And she tells him that he's the one that destroys the world. And she tells him that she used to love him. And this is kind of all textbook abuser abuse speech going on here, too. Um, and I'm sure it was very intentional. Because, I mean, he's just doing the whole thing. He's like, don't you love me anymore? And, you know, it's like, just give me another chance. And, you know, this is why I did this. And it's all in your head. And it's classic gaslighting and stuff like that. Um when David wakes up suddenly in his childhood bedroom, watching John Hamm's first lesson on delusion on a loop on a television. So, shoot me now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Head David shows up to talk to him, and Head David tells him he's delusional. He tells himself that he's the hero. Literally tells himself that he's the hero. No, I'm not delusional. I'm the hero. And uh, then he tells himself he's crazy and powerful. Um, Head David tells real David's, uh, says that his real delusion is love, or more specifically, Sid's love. And we get a flashback to Clockworks briefly. Then, uh, David is in a wheelchair, repeating the mantra, I'm a good person, I deserve love. I'm a good person, I deserve love. And Head David repeats one of John Hamm's lessons, and, and now he's with, uh, Head David watching wheelchair, wheel, wheelchair David. Ready to keep up. David 2 is taunting David 1 about his belief that God loves the sinners best, and David 3 shows up to say, there is no God except for you. And this is kind of clearly the uh, fuck the world, man of steel, you don't owe them anything, David. (laughs) (laughs) Got a very Ma Kent vibe out of this one. Uh, David says, uh, not one person in the show named Martha, I might add. Um, David one says her love is real and the other David's ask why did she shoot you then <laughs> you didn't really have a good answer for that mm-hmm. but we go back to the desert scene and we see that the uh, shot we heard was actually a bullet from Lenny's gun stopping the bullet from Sid's gun uh, chase ensues and Lenny is captured by division 3 and Admiral Fuki Basket himself comes out of the van <laughs> back to the three Davids uh Head Davids have convinced real David what he has to do. We're not really in on the plan, but he knows what to do. Back to the desert, he crawls over to a now unconscious Sid and Vermilion. Oh, and Vermilion, the Admiral, and Carrie with a C are surrounding Farouk, and Carrie puts a thingamabob on his head and says, This is going to hurt, and he's enjoying that. Sid wakes up and asks what happened, and David tells her that she had a bad dream, and we assume that he has used a psychic whammy on her and altered her memory, which uh, your daddy used to say was a no-no, but he's probably done it enough himself since then. (laughs) Charles Xavier? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) 
Oh, the kids don't really like me anymore. I better mind wipe them all. That's right. <laughs> Make them forget about that whole onslaught incident. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gene Gray. You're just too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so David goes to see Lenny, who is now chained up in the van, and assures her that God has plans for her. Uh, Farouk is restrained and taking to Division 3 with Lenny, and Carrie McLabcoat checks on Sid, and she says that she's fine. Killy Carey comes in and basically says, Grah, we fought a Minotaur! Fucking A! <laughs> and its blood smelled like bullion cubes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Didn't Carey's, taste like it, though. Carey's just like, yes, that was incredibly detailed. Thanks for that. Mm. In his own room, had David show up again, and they are scolding David for not sticking to the plan. And he says that he has to finish it and kill Farouk. And instead, he psychically goes to visit Sid and essentially seduces her, telling her he loves her. And he asks her to run away with him and start a farm. And then they finally have some sexy time. And he's just a mental projection, projection so they can have sexy time in the real world and not the white room or something. <laughs> Next, he goes to see Farouk. He taunts him about losing. And Farouk says, did I? <laughs> And he's like, they won't kill me. I'm too valuable as a weapon. They'll lock me away until, you know, they have a super mutant like you they need to kill. And David says, if they don't kill you tomorrow, I will. Because we're having the, the trial. Farouk tells David to make him a cup of coffee, uh, uh, the last request of a dying man. And David tells him he's leaving and he came to say goodbye. Farouk says, it's really sick what you're doing to her, don't you think? You know, meaning Sid. And he, he tells him he saw him trick her into loving him again in the desert. David tells Farouk he makes him sick, and Farouk says, good, remember that, because you'll soon see it in Sid's eyes. And we see Admiral Fukuyama and the Vermilion are, are spying around on, on Sid's telepathy sex, which, which she likes it on top, apparently. The telepathy sex. Good for her. Well, yeah. <laughs> Carrie McScience is reconstructing what happened on the hilltop with some virtual reality thing that has a welder's helmet as part of it. And sees David's treachery. In his cell, Farouk's head thingy is starting to get overloaded, and he presumably summons enough power to summon Brian Ferry's mouse, um, who, who he whispers, and I'm upset we didn't get some more singing, uh, who he whispers something to and sends on his way. And in her sleep, the mouse whispers something to Sid. Then we get our title uh, card saying, Chapter 12, The Trial of the Shadow King. And what happened to chapter 11, by the way? Didn't we just go from 10 to 12? Mm. So where's chapter 11? Probably be next season. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, or a bad editing mistake. I don't know, one or the other. But um, And we get a question <laughs> slash lesson. Uh, in the end, and I'm going to read this verbatim on how they showed this after the, the title card. But in the end, what is the sound of truth? Waves on a beach, the laugh of a child, or perhaps there are competing truths. The truth of the mind, the truth of the heart. If all the apples are bruised, then it is the unbruised apple that is bad, the sane man who's crazy. For what is normal is what nine wise men can agree on, leaving the tenth to swing from a hangman's rope. And I probably should have looked this up, but this has to be some kind of philosophical thing that is known or not. Or something out of Noah's brain, but it was—it's pretty profound. Hmm. And the trial begins. Carrie McLabcoat tells us about the ship of fools. He's doing like the kind of John Hamm thing now. The voiceover for this. 
I'm pretty sure it was the guy who plays Carrie. Uh, yeah, it sounded it. like it. Yeah. David comes in to give his testimony, but is quickly captured by in this like electronic type orb thing and realizes it's a trap. Vermilion, Sid, Farouk, and the rest of the crew surround him. And Vermilion says they are there to judge his future crimes, and Farouk tells him that he has become what he has become breaks his heart. And Sid tells him he's crazy and has powers. <laughs> and head god complex, David comes out and tells David he should just kind of ditch this lame crew. Sid and crew try to convince him that they can help him with therapy and meds, and David doesn't like that very much anymore. Uh, Vermilion tells him that he has to either accept treatment or they will kill him. And he tells Sid he wants her to say it. And she basically tells him, you gave me a telepathic roofie and rape me, dude. Technically true. Uh, not sure why yeah. the show decided to go there, but technically true. David seems to realize the monster he became for a brief second, but then he kind of goes into his mantra of, I'm a good person, I deserve love. And then he turns up his powers to 11. Maybe that's where Chapter He's going to 11. And he says, kind of fuck this, <laughs> teleports away to Lenny's cell with explosive results. And he tells uh, Lenny, I'm going, you coming? And Lenny says, shit, yeah. Division <laughs> 3 enters and shoots, but his shields hold and they teleport away. Sid, standing next to Clark, says, what do we do now? And he just says, now we pray. And that's our season, <laughs> kids. Oh, boy. So, yeah. First off, just uh, one of the best sequences in television I've ever seen was the opening of this episode. It was uh, pretty amazing. Just because I really liked the song and the animation was pretty cool and and just, yeah. <laughs> Psychic battles, man. Reminded me of uh, Sandman number eight with uh, Morpheus and Lucifer's battle in hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the, the battle of wits and... Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a great sequence. I'm surprised Noah didn't rip that off directly, actually. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of classic. You know, that, that harkens back to the the, the Cywar, you know, um, episode with, with Xavier versus Farouk, you know, and how they did it on the chalkboard last season. And, yes. Uh, where that, that psychics, when they battle, can basically, you know, they can have a dance-off if they want. We've seen that. And, or they can just do the animated... Shark eats helicopter thing, so you know whatever. <laughs> uh, I think that that must have been a reference. I think that was a reference to um. Oh, what movie was that? What was Jaws Revenge? Was oh uh, no no, there's a real no Shark- not Sharknado and Shark Sharknado Sharknado. Um, even earlier than that, it's um, it's the movie. I think it's the same movie where the it's got the greatest movie line of all time, where the guy's just flirting with the girl and he says, Why not just take you home and eat your pussy? Um but that's <laughs> it's there's a shark, a giant shark oh. out the water and swallows the helicopter. What the hell movie was that? Oh it's that know, it's Megalodon, right? Shark uh, one of those, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to find it. Well I was actually thinking yeah. more of the uh, the shark repellent scene from the Batman movie, you know, but that's because <laughs> I'm older than you young farts, so I Oh no, I didn't yeah, I mean if it was you know can't have shark repellent then. But yeah, some good stuff, especially the Cthulhu type thing that, that David become brief, becomes briefly. Yeah, they almost did a um, a trigon thing on Farouk too, when he was looking all demony. They had him with the uh, the three eyes on each right. side for yeah. a second. I was like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was real good, uh, and then we. 
Uh, yeah. Then we, we go into the rest of this mess, and um, I, j- I mean, it was all great, but I just I think the elephant in the room is why they've chosen to make David a psychic rapist. I mean, I guess there are plenty of other ways we could have shown him to be the villain, and they were, that he enjoyed the killing and stuff like that. And I guess when you're dealing with, you know, a female-male relationship like that, the the best way to show that the guy's a villain is to show that he's a rapist and kind of a, you know, this felt like the very, very incel stuff. You know, I, I that's pretty much the, the incel friggin' mantra, isn't it? I, I'm a good person, I deserve love, or I'm the good guy, so women should sleep with me. That reference is going right over my head, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I, I didn't very, even know what incel meant until like three weeks ago myself, but yeah, it's it, it's it's the stupidest term I've ever heard in my life. It's I'll look it up later. It's like involuntarily celibate, basically, which I thought pretty much anybody who isn't actively having sex at that moment is involuntarily celibate, but, um, <laughs> well, there are people that choose to be voluntarily <laughs> celibate. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's I mean, made up I by men's rights, think. crazy people to, to discredit women and, and hurt women basically. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look into whatever that is. Um, oh, but I think no. it's, I, it, anyway. it's also, um, I think it's it's also it's just an easy it is an easy buzzword to throw in though in terms of trying to show dominance and control whether it is physical or mental because you can use the term rape for just about anything if it is going to be any sort of um, overpowering even if it is just mentally you know it's I think something it's done without consent I think it's more just kind of a case of worse timing that it feels a little more raw now that we're into the whole. You know, Harvey Weinstein's been arrested and shit like that, and and that we've had several shooters now that have like declared that they did it because a woman dissed them or whatever. So that was kind of what made it a little prickly, I think, when people first saw yeah. it because there was a little outrage about it online. Um, but I, I gotta think someone who's plugged in as much as Noah Hawley is these days is got to be pretty cognizant of. Of that, that would, you know, cross some lines for some yeah. people. And most of these other episodes, had he was a co-writer on, and this finale, it was, it was all him. Yeah, so his writer. So he's gonna have to own that for good or ill. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a plot point. I don't know why you'd have to own that if it's part of the story. It's part of the story. Well, right, but see, there's too many people uptight, uptight about what goes into art these days, and it, they can't just let it go. I, I personally don't care. I just, I, I'm just recognizing why other people might be kind of weirded out by that. So, Fair yeah, enough. I'm all for yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that has been called a misogynist because I'm like, you know. Yeah, some places, some movies and shit still show these horrible things that happen to people because that's art and that's what really happens. And you know, we can't just expunge everything bad from all of our art, or we're just not going to have any anymore. Um, yeah, you watched uh, Split yet? Have you, Scott? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. So, so I keep get thinking that. of that movie all the time watching this show. Yeah. That's, oh wow! That yeah, yeah, that's it would make sense. He's, he's probably even. I mean, I know enough about the story, unfortunately, that I kind of spoiled it for myself. But 
Um, well, there's there's layers upon layers to that movie. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, to my knowledge, that guy essentially is almost Legion. I mean, in in yeah. the yeah. story, so yeah. Um, but when we were to to the point about uh, how we talk about uh, abuse, mm-hmm. he gives this this speech at the end about how uh, the hero of this, who has been like sexually abused since she was a child. Right. is blessed because she survived all this abuse. They're like, he doesn't need to touch her. Okay. Because hmm. what's happened to her has made her, like, more powerful. Right. And, and she can empathize with him. And that's kind of a recurring theme in this, that our, our scars yeah, are our that's armor. What I'm yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was just kind of an interesting turn to go there. I mean, it was a completely... They didn't have to have him give her a psychic roofie, as I said, to prove that he's done bad things. But I guess that was that was the one thing. I, it makes sense in that, that that was the one thing he could not defend against. That he couldn't be no, like, there is, this there psychic is no... entity made me do this, or I had to kill people to save people. There's really no defense of him making her forget. No, everything else is justifiable. That's just pure selfishness at the end of that. Yeah. And it's... Would there... I don't see, but see now the more I think about it, I could say, well, it it really wasn't the Sid that he knew. So it would cause you to start thinking, well, what's going on here? Why is this person suddenly so different now when I don't feel like I've, I know that I've, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff, but I don't feel like I've changed. So what led to this kind of course of action? Because um, it would have been easy for him to just, oh, no, he couldn't use his powers. That's right at the time. He could have, you know, I was thinking he could have psychically just, you know, knocked a gun out of her hand. And then it's like, hey, let's continue to talk back at yeah. Division 3 or whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And, again, if it is all just a mind game from from Farouk, which it's he's definitely still playing them at the end when they go have their little little chat while he's in confinement. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. Well, I think it, it definitely was effective in driving home, like, the, the you know, one of the main themes in the X-Men comics and stuff was always, you know, whether Xavier would cross that line, you know, and he didn't for the longest time, and then he zapped Magneto, you know, after Magneto ripped Wolvie's uh, metal out, and then he did lots of terrible shit after that. <laughs> but... Yeah. But for a while there, Xavier was very moral and would never, like, alter someone's... Well, actually, he altered people's memories from, like, episode, or issue two. So what am I talking yep. about? And you wiped out the Blob's memories in, like, yeah, issue two. So so never mind. Xavier was a dick. Uh, and, uh, you know, this just was to illustrate that psychics, if they're dicks, can do a lot of really bad things. So... I guess. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to wait a year to find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am gl- I am glad it's coming back. I, I you know, it seems like it was a li- it was a late pickup to get that third season too. So yeah, yeah. Whatever they're planning on, they might want to just you know hammer out a final, conclusive, eight or nine episodes and be done with it other than trying because if it ends on a cliffhanger people are going to be pissed yeah be pissed. and apparently it's all still they might as well just have it be the fruit versus David story I mean if they're not really interested in going anywhere else but that then they don't want to milk that too long 
Um, no, it's it's at an interesting point now, though, where because we think the roles have reversed, how do you walk that back if you are going to walk it back? I mean, yeah. they certainly could plow ahead with, you know, David as the world killer. Yeah. So, but I mean, the fact that, it, you know, uh, I don't know if we're going to see uh, Gene Smart and um, Flight of the Concords. You know, it seems like they're in a place where they don't have to come back to continue on with the story. I guess I'd kind of like to find out why they decided to go to Ice Cube Land. Uh, well, I, it's possible Oliver was like already physically dead, possibly, after what David did to him. Well, I guess he wasn't dead, but his mind probably went like, yeah, fuck this, I'm going back to the cube. And he had, did ask, you know, Melanie a couple episodes ago if she'd, you know, accompany him. Yeah. She was hesitant at first, but she probably, uh, I imagine maybe, they're, they're probably both like been absorbed into Farouk at this point. So, cause they weren't even showing up at the trial or anything. So they're just fucking history somewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's this season. If we go by what it's done is, is called the, the cast down quite a bit, you know, yeah, no, yeah. I can't imagine how they'll, you know, bring autonomy back. I mean, are yeah. they going to spend a lot of time in division three at this point? Really wouldn't make much sense to for, I think they're going to have to and expand on Fukuyama. And yeah, I think they have to have Potomini back. They'll, they'll drag him back out of the mainframe somehow. But now we've got it set up that Farouk is everyone's buddy and prepared to fight David. <laughs> and I think that's been his, as I said, I'm still thinking that was his end game all along that, you know, he, he knew that people would come after him in the body. Or he basically tricked David into helping him find the body in a way. And then, you know, and he's the one asked to fight David, but I, I, I Noah's always said that this was the origin story of a villain, and we didn't know whether it was going to be David himself or or Farouk. But so. uh, <laughs> the writing might be on the wall at this point. Maybe uh, I don't know, but if nothing else, this, this show is about twists. So I figure we'll twist David back around to the the hero again next season, one way or another. Uh, who knows? Miss <laughs> Aubrey's there for the ride. I was worried she wouldn't come back for season two. Yeah, yeah. No, they made good damn use of her though. For when they yeah. did, yep. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. No. But no casting. You know, she could be. Since. She could be, and you know, has been, but she could be like a very big movie star. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible. I think she likes doing the quirky stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, in general, her her look is kind of quirky to begin with. She's not leading lady. She's tried a couple. Like there was uh, like one girl comedy a while back that she did with uh, my future ex-wife from uh, the friggin' music singing movies. I don't even remember her name now. But um, <laughs> okay. yeah, that girl. I don't know. <laughs> my future ex-wife that I my celebrity crush. I can't even remember their name. <laughs> The name's not important. <laughs> <laughs> name's not important. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that bombed pretty badly. She's been in a couple other films that didn't do all that well. Uh, so she's been trying, but, man, maybe she's better served on TV because she's done her, pretty much her best performances on TV that I know of. Mm. So, love to see her make it big, but then we couldn't have her on TV anymore. Hey, you know what? If you're 
Apparently, though, the, the, the cable cable TV is is big now, though. I mean, especially yeah. when it's on yeah. one of the high, you know, the, not the uh, basic cable. You know, it's FX. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, and they had Martin Freeman out for uh, Fargo and some other big stars too. Yep. So, um, hey, work, working actors work. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely monitoring. I almost don't want to see anything in the press about the next season, like even casting, I'd kind of want to be completely surprised, but I sit in front of the internet for umpteen hours a day, so I won't <laughs> avoid it. I'll, I'll, I'll know everything about it before the season comes out. Probably. Uh, we got about nine months before we yeah. have to worry about that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know what else to say about this one. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, other than the fact that this season dragged on a little bit too long, well, I was, uh, yeah, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised with it again because it's, you know, it's not the same stuff that's on every other channel. But, I mean, between this and Preacher, the fact that those are on essentially basic cable, slightly above basic cable, is uh, is amazing to me because it's, you know, a couple of those shows that if they push them a little bit further, then they would be, you know, a Netflix or a Hulu original or, a, you know, something on Showtime. You seen uh, Cloak and Dagger yet, Chris? I watched the first two episodes and I really did like it. Me too. Oh, episode three is so good. I'll probably get to three and four this weekend. Yeah. 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 Just kind of wish that they'd give Dagger her comic costume, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's age appropriate, so. Uh, yeah, 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 she is. And just the fact that oh. Roxanne's a big part of it, yay! Yep. So, yeah, the parallels. Well, they're more like this, I was sitting on out. Oh shit! All right, I'm back. Okay. Briefly. Um, but that's that's about all we got. Hey, we still managed to do this in like an hour. That's fucking yeah. awesome. We're we're ready yeah. for season three. Overall, everyone uh, everyone pretty satisfied with the uh, season overall, though? Oh, yeah. I definitely, yeah. if I do a rewatch, though, I'll probably be skipping episodes. Um, yeah, the last two, maybe. Eight and nine. Yeah, eight and nine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it didn't really do much for me at all. Uh, set up some pieces, but we already know where it ends, so yeah, why, why well, watch them Well, by the time again? they decided to do an episode focused on... Um, I can't remember her name. The, the one who ran Summerland. Yeah, Melanie. Yeah, nobody Melanie, cared just, anymore. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> By the time that rolled around, it's like that should well, have come a couple episodes earlier after yeah, they, they teased the, the whole Minotaur thing. And they didn't really serve her well. I mean, she was just stoned for most of this season and, and saying the same damn thing over and over again. So it's like, yeah, they didn't really do Gene Smart any favors this season. No, not this season. Maybe they didn't have her for as many, though. Yeah, that's it's possible. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd suggest them going. I mean, it's if anything, they'll probably be given more freaking episodes next season. That's usually the way TV rolls. If they think they can suck some money out of people, uh, but man, I'd almost suggest just like I have been with the Marvel flick shows. I'd suggest going back down to ten or less because uh, I think just. I don't know, write your show like you need to write your show and then decide how many episodes you need. You shouldn't, I, I always thought it was a bad idea to make shows, you know, here you gotta fill 22, go, you know. Uh, yeah, that's changing on any everything other than the big three networks. So. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, any, any still thoughts to this is all just 
David's little mental war against the uh, the Shadow King, and everyone's still writing his his noggin. Um, I'm still I'm still up in the air on it. Yeah, still up in the air. If if they're not going to go beyond the Shadow King thing, I, I have no problem with that. But I mean, if they're actually going to attempt to tell other stories, then then somebody else needs to be real. I think we've said that all along. But, yeah. Uh, so a ship, but could Farouk be a, a different person then? Could it be David and Farouk are the only two real ones? Yeah, that that's what I'm figuring. If anything, that that you know, he still is like that. Farouk hasn't even really escaped yet. He might have escaped a corner of David's mind, but he's you know, or controlled or been compartmentalized to another part of David's mind. But now he's taken over again, essentially. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me want to drink this whole show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah, I really have no predictions, except that I, I guess it's got to be Farouk and Div 3 versus David, but uh, if it's going to be three years later after the world's already ended, then I don't know what they're going to do with that, and we still have the missing Chapter 11 out there, so. It's coming. Mysteries, we're going to see it. Mysteries abound. Yes. So I guess that's it? Yeah. All right. That's oh. all for me. I just, yeah. I'm just, yeah. So weird, man. I just have to, <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch that first like six minutes again, though, probably when we're done with this. I, yeah, I've seen that many times now. I just fucking love it. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that episode yet, do try to use headphones, as they suggested, at least for the first part. Some really good sound design. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be starting Preacher very, very soon, trying to get the old Preachers yeah. out that I never got to. Um, hopefully it was, uh, it be you, me, and Patrick again. No, I'm down. You know I'm down. Uh, and I might just do a rotating cast on that one. <laughs> me and Hero That's do a couple alone. That's fine my schedule is probably going to be changing, and I know the well, next. Well, no, you know, you got to be there with here. me. I mean, other people, you, you got to be there with me. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'll certainly do my best. It's just my schedule for the next, like, five months is going to be bananas. Right. So, well, we can shoot for a regular of like Wednesdays or something. That'd yeah, be work for me. So, so that's our weekly. Uh, we got any other superhero news? I haven't been able to check it out yet, but you guys have seen some of the Cloak and Dagger, right? Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good, Good stuff. stuff, yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, any, like, heavy Marvel Easter eggs in the first one at all, or is it kind of just its own thing? Rocks on. Oh, yeah, well, of course, yeah. 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 That's good. It's uh, it's it's not exactly the comic Cloak and Dagger, but it's it might end up being that by the time, because they're definitely doing a slow roll with it, which is fine, because mm-hmm. um, the acting's real good, and cool. it's... It's just it sucks you in, man. It's not. It's not like what you would think it would be from yeah. based upon the first two episodes. It's a lot closer to what would be on Netflix. Right. Surprising, mm-hmm. not cool. not quite mm-hmm. as violent, um, but it's definitely more of an adult theme. With, and I mean adult in the terms that it's there's heavy stuff going on. Right. Yeah. It's um, it's it's good though. Like I I can't wait to get get to the weekend so I can watch uh, episodes three and four. How, what's their explanation of like the, uh, the dark force? I mean, how are they handling that? Uh, so, so far, 
from what I've seen, uh, Tyrone doesn't really know why yet, and neither Tandy doesn't know either, like right. exactly what's going on. Uh, but they're they're they are inexplicably linked, right? From a very early age, and well, you know, if you watch the show, that you know, I'm sure it's going to get spelled out. But that's all you need to know going into it, right? Cool. Yeah, we find Tandy kind of does this reverse like cloak from the comics where she shows people hope when yeah. they're close to her like how cloak used to show people despair oh right she'll right. have these, these visions everybody around her is like really happy and really good things are going on hmm. and then you know cloak is like cloak in the comic he'll have these visions where it's people's worst fears come to life for their greatest sins and it's more Captain Daredevil episode three yeah it's just holy cow it's like I was reading John Belair's novel <laughs> well either you got that Clo- cloak does go to a to a private boys Catholic school so there you I'll go hey you, you know nothing like using Catholicism if you need to bring up like angst and guilt and stuff like that they're, they're the originals they're the OG guiltsters uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Still a practicing Catholic, don't feel that much guilt about certain things. <laughs> well, you know the ones that you know you're supposed to. Damn it! Well, this is the this is more like you're guilty you know, about just saying a, that. In fact, but no. when you were a kid and they would tell you stories about how you know how evil people would seem normal but would try to mess with you because of your faith. Mm-hmm. This is the, that's kind of where they go with uh, episode three, and they boy, do they hit heavy with it. Hmm, okay. Right, I guess I'll be watching that Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, soon. Look fairer and feel fouler. Right. Well, I look foul but <laughs> feel fair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I wish, I wish that line had made it into the Lord of the Rings. Always loved that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Sorry, we're getting way off topic here. Uh, on yep. topic, though, there's a little uh, Incredibles two five minute freak that me and Honeywell just uh, recorded. So go listen to I that if you I get have a to chance. Wait until I see the movie. It was good stuff. Yeah, it's it's spoiler free. But today, I'm not going to see it until the 25th. Yeah, it's spoiler free. It's just us all basically right, right. eating burger. A lot of us eating burgers. So you get to hear that. That's always fun. Oh, I did. Definitely can't listen to it. I have gout. I'm on medication. I can't. I even. I can't even think about a cheeseburger right now. Or I'll get a flare up. <sighs> oh, you wouldn't have to think about just a cheeseburger. It would be bacon cheeseburger with Cajun fries. Yeah, I do like the seasoned fries. Now, <laughs> damn it! Oh, all right, damn, damn, damn. Uh, that's about it. What else we got? We uh, Luke Cage drops this freaking weekend. God help me and preacher. Uh, and- yeah. We'll be getting to Luke Cage again at least. Um, Hell yeah. We may do a little roundup of uh, talking about The Punisher and Jessica Jones 2 and some other stuff like all at once instead of attempting the impossible task of uh, recording it ourselves and getting it edited because <laughs> yeah. I, I overbooked myself in the last year. Um, actually, oh, I want to throw this out there. Um, I'm going to start doing this for all my podcasts. If anybody out there that listens to us wants to record a weekly heroics on fucking anything, any particular episode of the CW, you know, preferably that we haven't covered already, even an older um, show, whatever you want to do. Yeah, um, just you know, I, I'm not going to edit the whole damn thing for you, but I'll you know edit something up and record it with whoever and uh, send it to me, and I'll slap an intro on it, and we would love to host someone else's work. Um, 
just so we can kind of be a little truer to our original mission statement here. I would love to see these other things covered, but we just don't have the damn time. You know, I, I'm trying to keep up with these more adult comic book themed ones that keep coming out in droves. And, uh, yeah, so we got Preacher coming up and maybe we'll get a break after that. The boys are being produced right now. Another Garth and oh, his thing. That's I know. Right. <laughs> it's got a good cast too. I can't remember off the top of my head um, who got Huey, but it wasn't uh, Simon Pegg, unfortunately. But It's a little sure. old now to be playing that role anyway. Yeah, Carl Urban is playing um, the, uh, man, the, the main guy whose name escapes me right now. But I the, can't remember either. I think I only read the first, like, eight issues. But he's going to fucking tear it up, I'm sure. He tears up everything. He's yeah, so under- yeah. He's, he's super underrated. And he's just going to get to chew scenery in this one and be rude and, and violent. And did they did they cast the, the Justice League analogs too? I, I think a couple of them. They cast at least the the main main female one there. Um, I, who knows if they'll be doing her first scene or not? I don't know how that's <laughs> going to go down. It's but, Hulu or Amazon. It's yeah, Amazon, so they, right? they they could. Yeah, I think it's yeah. one of the ones that this one has to be almost ruder than Preacher, even. Yeah. Um, so and then the, I think it's similar producers too. I think it's uh, I think it might be Rogan and Caitlin on this one too. Oh, the boys! Because one of them came out and said, "It's like if you know we hadn't been able to do Preacher, we never would have gotten to this one." So. Mm, all right, all right. <laughs> so yeah very much looking forward to that one uh, but until uh, next year at least on Legion uh, this is Weekly Heroics and we'll be back next year on Legion bye now see ya bye no one knows what it's like to be the bad man to be the sad man behind
اگر می لرزم To be the bad man To be the sad man